0: Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Genesis 22 verses 1 to 19,
1: NIV. Abraham tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. Uh,
0: Well, how are we doing today, Clovey? We good? Well, it's so good to be with you. Uh, and to be sharing uh, in the presence of God today with you. Who here has ever run away from something before in their life? Have you ever run away from something? Yeah, hands up if you've ever run away from home before. Anyone run away from home before? Maybe on the chat you can write yes or no. Have you ever run away from home? Well, kids, I don't recommend it. But when I was 14 years old, I ran away from home. And I slept out on the street where it was cold, dark, and so lonely. See, there was this one night where my parents were just fighting so loud. I just said, I can't take this. I've got to get out of here. And I ran. And I stayed out on the street that night. It was so cold. It was dark. I was all alone. I found this old park bench that I sort of just uh, tucked under for the night. See, earlier that year, I'd publicly declared my faith in Jesus and went through the waters of baptism, showing my love for Jesus. But now, a few months later, I was on the run. I was running from the pain of a breakdown in my family and parents' divorce. Now imagine, imagine you're walking out late at night. I'm not sure why you'd be walking that late at night. It's dark. And you see me under that park bench. And you come over to me and you you come over and you say, hey, Lukey, how's your worship life going? What sort of a question do you reckon that would be? What do you reckon my response would be? It seems a ridiculous question to ask a 14-year-old boy under a park bench claiming to be a Christian. But actually, it's a really good question. You want to know why? Well, let me show you why. What's the furthest you've walked before? Have you ever done one of those charity walks where you're raising money and you've got to go on a walk for like 5, 10, 15, maybe 35 kilometres to raise money for charity? Have you ever been on one of those walks before? Today I want you to picture with me someone going on a walk. Now this wasn't to raise money for charity. This was a three-day hike through the desert, stopping at night time in the cool air, stars twinkling above, and he's walking along with this guy. It's his son. It's Abraham and Isaac. Well, why is he walking for three days? Well, he's walking to Mount Moriah, but he hasn't told his son why. He hasn't given his son the complete picture on why they're walking up the mountain But he's walking up there because God has told him to sacrifice his son. See, he's been waiting for 25 years for his son to arrive and Isaac's probably now a teenager. So we're probably talking about 35 to 40 years since Abe was first promised to have a son with his wife, Sarah. And now father and son are walking up the mountain. And when Isaac asks his dad, why, like all kids do, like, why, dad? Why? Yeah, but why? I don't know if you've got kids, parents, the why always comes up. And when Isaac asks, why are we going? Let me read what the Bible says. You can see it on the screen here in verse 5. Abraham said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Do you find it strange that this word worship is associated with testing? Have you ever noticed that before? That worship can be associated with testing? Well, we see flavours of this all through the Bible, don't we? And we can see too in Acts. Remember Acts 16, where Paul and Silas, after severely being flogged, thrown into prison, They were found, what, worshipping God in the midst of their testing, in jail, worshipping. And in Acts 27, we see in the storm where Paul was caught up in a storm at sea with everyone and they thought they were going to die. But do you remember what happened? Paul got up, he addressed the crowd, encouraged them. In verse 23, he says this, I, I belong to God and I worship him. And then you know what he he did, what he made people do? Made them eat. And then they all felt encouraged. See, the Bible is full of this flavour, this idea of worship being tied to testing. Check out what Romans 12, verse 1, and you might know it really well. It's up on the screen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, This, this is your true and proper worship. We see here that sacrifice now and worship are tied together. And when we look at Abraham, the story of Abraham and his experience of God in Genesis 22, the form of testing was sacrifice, wasn't it? To sacrifice what? His son. Well, why is worship associated with sacrifice and with testing? Have you ever thought about that before? Do you have an answer? Well, here I've brought along something to help me preach. I had one of these earlier. A Barocca. Who uses Baroccas? They give you back your what? BB bounce, that's right. So what if I put one of these in water? What would happen? We all know what would happen. It would fizz up, wouldn't it? The Barocca tablet would just fizz up. And you know what's going to happen? What's inside of it will come out. You know, it's the same in times of testing, isn't it? Testing will always fizz up, will always reveal the level of our trust in God. It's just going to happen. And what's on the inside will come out. And this is shown in our worship. See, have you ever noticed two people going through the same test And one is like, I'm so close to God right now. My prayer life is just on fire and I just can't stop worshipping God through this. I know it's hard, but praise Jesus. And then the other one is like, I don't want anything to do with God, church or Christianity and they're blaming God and running. Two different responses, see? And it's our worship that will reveal the maturity of our faith. Our worship will reveal the maturity of faith. Now, what was the maturity of Abraham's faith? Well, he worshipped, didn't he? And he trusted. He didn't stop even when things got tough or when it didn't make sense. He still trusted God. And how deep was his trust? Well, Abraham believed that even when he would put that knife through the heart of his son, God could raise him from the dead. He just knew God could do it. We read it in Hebrews eleven nineteen, 19, which says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. See, he knew he could do it. He knew God could do it. And that was an act of worship. This was true, wholehearted worship, trusting In the testing. See, it's your worship that will reveal the maturity of your faith. I wonder, what's your sense of worshiping God right now, today? Is it alive? Is it authentic? Is it passionate? Or is it non existent? So there was a Christian bishop back in the second century, that was a long time ago, second century, named Polycarp. A martyr, he was burnt at the stake for his faith in God. And you know what? He was recorded saying these words, 86 years I have served him and he has done me no wrong. What a father of the faith. But you know, when he was finally caught by the Roman soldiers, do you know what he requested before his execution? He asked if he could have two hours to spend with God in worship. Two hours to spend with God before they were going to end his life. See, this was fierce worship in the face of great testing, wasn't it? He didn't stop believing that God had it. How about you? How about you and I? Do you believe that God's got it this year? God's got your family, your future, your ministry, your job. See, maybe you find it hard to worship God when your marriage is on the edge or or your bank account's running dry and the bills just keep stacking, stacking. You see those interest rate rises go up and up and up. Maybe you find it hard to worship God when you're so worried about your health, the kids or your career. See, you might even be sitting here right now and you're feeling like, I'm just going under in this test. It's so tough right now. Worship is the last thing on my mind. I don't know if I can do it, Luke. Well, friend, are you prepared to believe that God has it this year and choose to worship Him? Because it's in our worship that will reveal, it will show up where our faith is really at. So, where's your faith? Where's your walk with God at today? Is it thriving or is it surviving? See, if you want to grow more alive in your worship, we can do a couple of things I'd love to share today with you. But who would like to grow in their worship and in their walk with God this year, hey? So many of us, great. Because it's our worship revealing where our faith's at. Well, to renew a heart of worship in times of great testing, which we will all go through at some point, and to grow in our faith, first thing we've got to do is seek God. Seek God. How right now does your heart sit before God? If you are honest with yourself and before God, where's it at right now? Where is your heart at? As you begin a new year, have you thought about that? Well, we see in Psalm 51 in David's confessions, after David being caught in adultery, in murder and in a cover-up, the prophet Nathan springs him and says, you're the man, guilty. David penned these words in Psalm 51 verse 17. The sacrifice you desire, God, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. See, David learnt that he had to get his heart right before God. He just had to. And it's no different for us today, is it? We too need to get our hearts right before God as we seek Him. That's the first part. But what about Abraham? Abe shows us the next part in seeking God. See, Abraham's heart was right before God. Wasn't it? But for three days, three whole days, he walked up that mountain not hearing anything from God about what he was, ha- was going to do. He didn't hear about the backup plan or, you know, the alternative solution. It was just, I've got to trust God in this. As he walked up the mountain to sacrifice his son. How difficult would that have been? I know as a father, that would have been pretty tough. But Abraham kept seeking God even when he didn't know what was going on. And that's the second part in seeking God. Once we get our heart right with God, we need to seek him earnestly. Psalm 63 says this, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Does your worship reflect the earnest seeking, body longing, soul thirsting pursuit of Jesus today? Does your worship ooze passion and desire for righteousness and the things of God? See, show me a person who is seeking God and I will show you a person who knows how to worship. Well, I wonder if I'm talking to somebody here today and your heart is as dry as the desert in terms of your sense of worshipping God. Well, my encouragement to you, friend, is this. Get your heart right with Him and earnestly seek Him. Get your heart right with God and earnestly seek Him this year. You'll see your worship grow. And you'll see your faith come alive. Well, secondly, to renew a heart of worship this year is to completely and wholeheartedly trust in God. So it was January 21, 2020. Who can remember 2020? Trying to block it out. January 21, 2020, Shell and I just finished packing up all uh, of our contents from our house in Melbourne into boxes. We loaded the ca- our kids into the car, the Holden Commodore, and the dog in the back as well, surfboard on the roof. And we left Melbourne trekking to Adelaide. Yep, we're on a road trip to Adelaide. We're a moving house. And you know what? When we hit the highway, I'm in the car, the music's blaring, As I hit the highway, I had this thought, like a dripping tap thought. What the heck are we doing? There's five of us, plus a dog. We don't know anyone in Adelaide, and we've packed up all our gear, and it's got nowhere to go. We have no house for our gear on all our things to go to. But you know what? As I was driving along that highway, I just felt my heart... Remind my head that this is what trusting God looks like. God's got this. See, trusting God looks like moment by moment doing what He asks you to do, knowing that He's got it. See, Abraham knew that God had it, didn't he? When he said in verse 8 up on the screen, God Himself will provide. And what was He going to provide? Well, He was going to provide the sacrifice, wasn't He? The animal to offer in place of His Son. See, to trust God is to deliberately, moment by moment, say, God's got it. I'm going to trust Him. See, do you believe today that God's got your situation? That He can see your situation? Do you believe that God can provide As we sung earlier, do you believe that God can untangle this spaghetti mess you find your life in right now at the beginning of a new year? Do you? Well, Psalm 34 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Philippians 4.19, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 4:18 The Lord will rescue me from every every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. See what would you give yourself out of 10 for the trust factor in your life right now? Because it's probably the same mark you'll give yourself in your sense of worship. The two are tied together. And there's bound to be someone here today and God's tugging on those heart strings where you're just like on the edge. Can I trust God with this? Can I? Well, I want to encourage you that you can. Trust Him with it. Trust Him today because you know what? Your worship will go through the roof when you do. Well, who's had a great Christmas just gone? Yeah, beautiful with friends and family. Well, I got one of those gifts, you know, that you wished you had the receipt for and you could exchange or uh, get a refund. So this year for Christmas, I caught COVID. And so, yeah, it wasn't that great because my family uh, decided anyway. It was like one of these movies, uh, you know, the Christmas movies, the Home Alone movies, where you just wake up on Christmas Day and there's no one there. Because my family decided, even if you're sick, Luke, we still want to go back to Melbourne to see our family. So, Shell and the kids drove all the way back to Melbourne, left me at home for Christmas. Oh. Now, I could have been a little bit bitter. I could have been, well, a little bit disappointed, but I could have been really disappointed. But you know what? I was actually thankful. Uh, Yeah, I did miss my family, of course. And I had high hopes of trying to... uh, Reconnect my, with my extended family, but I was thankful. You know why? I was thankful for the Clovey family here who checked in on me, who provided food, dropped food off for me. And I was also thankful because our family, about two months before Christmas, we decided that we'd sacrifice all other Christmas gifts this year and get one gift. You know what it was? A puppy. A puppy. So I got to stay at home, not alone. I was very thankful. I had a puppy uh, that I could look after, and that Henley, her name is, she could look after me. See, I was still thankful. I remained thankful. See, the third thing to renewing a heart of worship is to begin your worship in thankfulness. Now tell me, can you list five things, five things you can be thankful for this week? Or is that a struggle? When you think over the last year, big year, was it the crises or the solving of those crises by God that comes to mind, that occupies your mind as you're thankful now? Well, we've all had those moments, haven't we? We've had to put our Isaacs on the altar and God's intervened and saved you. Might have been financially, might have been relationally, your health, or that big decision to make. Have you been dwelling on those or thankful for them? Now, what about Abraham when we look at his uh, experience? How thankful do you think he was? Here he was with the knife just millimetres away from plunging it into his son's heart, and he's saved. He's saved. We read it in verse 13. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram. Caught by its horns, he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. What a relief. Abraham must have felt so overwhelmed with thankfulness. But could you imagine after that, Abraham just coming down the mountain, arm around his son, just in awe of God and just thanking, praising that he's got his son. And isn't it true that when you're thankful, your worship just grows, doesn't it? See, thankfulness is the flavour of worship. Now, is your worship drenched in it? Thankfulness. Is your worship drenched in thankfulness? Well, do you want your worship life to grow this year? Do you want to dial up that worship factor in your life this year? It starts with thanking God. It starts with thanking God. Can you do it now? Can you thank him? Thank you, God, for my life. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for my job that provides the income I need. Thank you, God, for my church. Is your worship drenched in thankfulness? Because a renewed heart of worship and to grow in maturity of faith this year, it definitely needs to be, hey? So there I was, 14 years old, under this park bench, alone, so cold. The vastness of space, there was just nobody there. It was opposite an oval and empty streets. It just felt like an eternity, but I picked myself up, crawled out from underneath that bench and found refuge on some steps of a nearby church. And as I put my head on those steps that night, I just had this incredible sense that God was with me. I had this incredible sense that it was going to be okay. Do you want that today? Do you want to know that God is with you today. He's got this year. Do you want that assurance of peace in your life? Are you under a bench right now where your worship's just not a part of your life this and you want it to be? Well, ask yourself, is my heart right with God? Am I earnestly seeking him? Am I stumbling or will I trust, continue to trust God? And is my thankfulness a part of my walk with God? See, the only way to get out from underneath that bench and to know that God is with you is to seek, trust and thank him. Seek, trust and thank him. And when we do that, just watch your faith mature and your worship grow. Well, how about we stand to our feet? And I've written out this beautiful prayer and I'd love for us all to read it out together. But if you want to make it the prayer of your heart for 2023, that would be amazing. Because in this prayer it's a heart that seeks trust and thanks God. It's up on the screen. May you make it your prayer today as we read it out together. Here we go. Father God, this year I want to grow in my faith and my worship of you. Holy Spirit, help me to keep a soft and repentant heart before you. Grant me the deep desire to seek you earnestly and trust you with my whole life, whole heart, and whole year ahead, whatever may come. Jesus, I thank you for your finished work on the cross so that I can walk in freedom and in faith each day knowing your love surrounds me and that you are always with me forevermore. Amen. Amen. Well, we're gonna continue to worship and as Tim leads us in this next song, be mindful and connect with God in a way that seeks Him, trusts Him and thanks Him.